Thank you for checking out the Life Church Utah audio podcast. We pray that it's a blessing to you. To find out more information about Life Church, please check us out at lifechurchutah.com. If you'd like to support our ministry, you can do so by going to our website or by texting the word LCGIVE to 95577. Uh, so today we're going to be talking about roles in relationship, not R-O-L-L-S, okay, roles, R-O-L-E-S, roles in relationship. And uh, I've got a few pictures here for you. Maybe you recognize uh, this right here. How many recognize Leave it to Beaver? Anybody recognize that, all right? June and what, Ward Cleaver, I believe, uh, were their names. Uh, I never watched it in first runs. Um, so um, next one. The Waltons, right? Okay, I do remember watching some of the Waltons uh, reruns, I believe. I don't think they were first runs when I saw them either. But the Waltons, right? And, and uh, you know, the first one was Leave it to Beaver, and then the Waltons, you've got this really idyllic kind of idea uh, for the families, and, and everything works out really, really well. All right, now, next one. All in the family, right? And uh, later on, Archie Bunker's place. So you've got all in the family. And I do remember watching these in first run. And uh, my mom having to turn it off from time to time. And uh, so, I mean, it's just, you know, you, you, have, you have this right here, um, uh, all in the family. And dysfunction on display, right? I mean, you just start seeing this. And the, the interactions of the family members, one with another, uh, pretty striking. And then uh, we get to this one. <laughs> I would say has been one of the most transformative and influential uh, cartoon series that the world has ever seen, right? Because of, of how much The Simpsons is part of the culture, especially for those who are probably younger than about the 40 years of age. Simpsons is extremely influential. And then in our, in our world today, I know this is now in reruns, but uh, we had a kind of revival of this one here, Will and Grace, and many of you uh, recognize and have probably watched many of the episodes. And yet within these things, you know, leave it to Beaver, and now all the way to Will and Grace, and then this next one here that we have, um, Modern Family, which again, many of you would recognize. What we have is roles in relationship that have changed over this significant amount of time, you know, 60 years, I don't know exactly how it all works, but uh, about 60 to 70 years maybe between Leave it to Beaver and now we've got Modern Family and the many other, I mean, there's so many other shows that are based on uh, the family unit and we wonder why there's confusion in the roles that we should play within our families. Um, each of these makes statements about the family in the last, you know, 50 to 60 years. From the traditional family values that define so much of uh, what we would say was, was America, America, right, America, uh, you know, way back when, whenever that was, so long ago to what we see today. With so many voices vying for our attention, especially the attention of, our heart, of, of the hearts of our teenagers and our children who see displayed for them in so many different ways, different families and values and structures and roles. There's a heart that is at play with every one of us. So the role played by uh, Ward and June Cleaver, is that the cure for our societal ills? Some would say yes. Some would say that's the picture that we would like for our world today. Others would say a resounding no. 
And so, so how do we def- begin to define these roles that we have around us? The crazy thing is, regardless of those shows that I just you know, kind of had up there, Will and Grace, and, and many, many other shows there, uh, it's amazing to me that still Hollywood is struggling with this idea of what family is and can't get away from it. All the shows are based on relationships where there's a familial connection of some sort. Even friends, they become family in so many different ways. And for many of the shows, it all works out in the end. Somehow they, they weave their way through all of the craziness and all the weirdness and trying to figure this out. And in the end, Hollywood would say they get, to, they get the chance to figure it out. But is this God's best for our families? So does God have anything to say about the roles of family, uh, about the roles within relationships? For marriage, what is the role of husbands and wives? Do we have specific, unalterable roles that we are supposed to play within the husband and wife and the structure of our family? What about in a family where the ever-growing diversity of family definitions, we've got step-parents, half-brothers and sisters, we've got marriages and remarriages, grandparents not just on two sides, but now on four sides and six sides and eight sides, and those family unit structures, we struggle trying to define how we fit into all of that. Now, I would like to tell you that I have the answer for making all of this work in like three words, and it'll all be great. (laughs) But we're in a confusing time, aren't we? As we try to figure out this whole family thing and what are our roles that we play within this? It really is an important issue. So, and then add to relationships that we're managing in the family of God on top of our our relatives that we have in our blood family, right? We have all of the relationships around us in the family of God and it just complicates it even more. We're challenged to step up and interact with others who are imperfect, when you know that you are perfect, <laughs> right? So if you are imperfect, raise your hand if you're imperfect. You are part of an incredible church because this is an imperfect church <laughs> filled with imperfect people trying to serve a perfect God, right? I mean, that's what we are trying to do. So when we value others and their roles in the relationship, I'm sorry, when we value others in their roles within the body of Christ, this includes marriage, this includes single parents, the single, young and old, even the marginally connected in the family of God. When we value others and their roles, we can discover a harmony that pleases God as we experience him and others. And so today we're going to look at these different roles and learn how to value the roles that each of us play, not only, and I'm going to talk uh, quite a bit here at the beginning about marriage, uh, but we are going to dig into the family of God at large and how we interact with one another. So uh, roles in marriage, not sure if you know this, but men and women are different. I read the Bible, (laughs) I figured it out, men and women are different. This fact alone should make us immediately aware, aware that we have strengths that others don't. And they have strengths that we don't when it comes to that, that vast divide between men and women. This makes sense then that we who are married should have natural areas and roles where we are better at than other areas. Where we can do certain things maybe better than our spouses, but our spouses can also do things better than us. So is this the picture of Ward Cleaver, the breadwinner, coming home after having worked a a very difficult day in the office, after a long, hard day of work, June Cleaver welcoming him home with fresh cooked meal, all dolled up, wearing pearls. I mean, that was kind of her thing, right? She had the pearls on all the time, and it was black and white, so we don't know how dolled up she was, but she was dolled up and made up. 
right? The kids, obedient, waiting, in, you know, waiting at the table, and uh, everything in the home completely clean, and that becomes the model by which we're supposed to measure ourselves. Good luck, right? Because the reality is today is uh, most homes are two-income earners. And so the pressures on families only get, get more and more and more as we try to figure out our roles here. And so in our world today, does this work? So our roles maybe have changed a little bit since uh, Leave it to Beaver was around. And uh, can I talk real quick about a role that just excites me as a husband? You ready for this? I'm serious about this. Here's the role that I play at our home. This is the role. You ready? I am the dishwasher policeman. Because how many of you know this? That there is a right way to load the dishwasher. Can I get an amen? There are times that are vertical. And plates fit so nicely in them. I mean, it is beautiful, isn't it? I mean, in that moment. Yet I have people within my family who shall remain nameless. That is acceptable. That's great. Upside, you know, right side up so that nothing gets washed on top of the plate. Or, yeah, that's good enough. Right there, perfect. And then you shut it and then they wonder why they not me, they wonder why there's food still left on the dishes. How many of you are with me in my pain? Thank you. Thank you. So my role within the house is to make sure that that dishwasher is loaded correctly. I actually don't mind doing dishes, right, Shelly? I mean, that's I mean, something I value because I enjoy correcting the rest of my family on how to load <laughs> I love it. And I'm not really that particular of a guy. I mean, ask Pastor John. I mean, I am not that particular of a guy, like everything lined up. But for some reason, I just have this whole weirdness about the way the dishwasher is done. Now, um, I'm probably going to tell too much about my extended family right now. Uh, but uh, vacuuming is one of those other things. How many of you have to have lines in the carpet when you're vacuuming? Anybody like that? How many of you are just random vacuumers? Okay. So for some, their role is to figure out that you've got to get those lines in the vacuum, in that carpet. It's got to look perfect all of the time. My mom, and uh, forgive me, mom and uh, Mike, um, they, uh, very early on in their marriage, when my mom got remarried, uh, there was a time when my mom was vacuuming and he, she didn't have the lines proper, you know, in the uh, carpet and so she asked, uh, her husband said, Mike, how am I supposed to do this? And so Mike hops from furniture to furniture, making sure that the lines are perfect so that he wouldn't put footsteps in there. That's fantastic. That's a role that you play. Uh. So we didn't have dishwashers in the Bible, didn't have vacuums in the Bible. So obviously roles have changed through the years, haven't they? And so how do we navigate all the new roles that we have within us? And, and is there a picture of the perfect couple who's got all the roles right in the Bible? I don't think there's a Ward and June Cleaver in the Bible. Neither do I think that there's a uh, Phil and Claire Dunphy from Modern Family, right? 
or Homer and Marge Simpson. Okay, what we find in the Bible is this incredible array of imperfect couples trying to figure out what God is speaking to them, how to move forward in their faith. Think of Abraham and Sarah from Genesis 12 and beyond. Great example of faith. They include, uh, they're included in Hebrews chapter 11 as the model of faith. But both Abraham and Sarah mistreated their servants. They lied through their teeth in the nation of Egypt. <laughs> right? They had significant problems in their family. And yet God said, I'm going to choose you and I'm going to use you for my kingdom. Do something powerful through you, and they didn't have it figured out. How many of you have your marriage entirely figured out? No. Oh, we got all right. One, one brave guy. <laughs> your wife might have something to say about that uh, right after service. Another great couple, Hannah and Elkanah. Might not know where they're from, but uh, First Samuel. Hannah was the mother of Samuel. Hannah and Elkanah. Um, Elkanah's her husband, and it seemed that Elkanah was just perfectly fine with leaving the spiritual authority and direction of their family into Hannah's hands. He said to her, Hannah, do whatever you think you need to do when it comes to how you're going to pray for a son or for a daughter. David and his family. Find this in 2 Samuel. Talk about dysfunction. David had an arranged marriage to a wife who didn't even like him. Right? I mean, that's, that's the story of him and then Michael or Michal, depending on how you want to pronounce it. Um, lots of problems. And the picture of his marriage led to his son ending up having hundreds of wives and concubines. And we want to try to figure out roles in relationships looking at the Bible. Now, in the New Testament, thankfully, we begin to see uh, some, a, a different way to look at couples. And there's one in particular I want to look at, and just kind of looking at the broad picture. It's Priscilla and Aquila. Priscilla and Aquila. If you look at this couple in the Bible, and this is in the book of Acts, you'll, you'll find them in about five or six different places. You will see a couple that is going hard after God being very productive in the way that their, their marriage is. It's obvious that there's something about who they are as a couple that's being influential in the early church. They're tent makers, and they join with Paul on missions trips. Uh, you, you, you find them actually heavily involved in the leadership of the church. And what you'll also find is, there's like six different times that they're mentioned. Four of those times, the wife is mentioned first, which says something about her visibility in the early church. And I love the picture that we have that there are roles that are played within the body of Christ, within our marriages, that we get the astounding opportunity to figure out as husband and wife. So, practical. I think that it's good to note that there's a bigger story at play in which the husband and wife are participating together for the purpose of God. It's not just about them being happy in their marriage, but it's about them representing God to a broken and a dark world. And that, to me, becomes the primary role of husband and wife. Last week, we talked a little bit about it, and I'll share that verse in, in just a moment, but we talked a little bit about the responsibility that we have as husband and wives. And so it's even revealed in the midst of difficulty and trouble. 
the, the, these roles are the, and the, the, the plan of God is revealed in the midst of our victories and our successes. And hopefully the roles that we play within our marriages brings people to Christ. So if you're gifted at finances, oftentimes it has been in the past that the husband was the one who's supposed to do the finances. If you're not good at finances in your home, don't do the finances in your home. Just because you saw dad doing it, maybe, doesn't mean that you should be doing it. No wonder you're in debt. <laughs> right? Can't balance that checkbook, which I haven't written checks. How many of you haven't written a check like in over six months? Anybody? I'm with you. I haven't written a check. My kids have no idea what checks are, probably. I have no idea. Um, so if you're gifted in finance, it doesn't matter if you're husband or wife. It does not matter who's good at that role within your, uh, within your marriage. Who's good at it? The handyman is not always the man, right? And that's where guys love YouTube because then they can pretend they're the handyman now, right? The best cook is not always the wife. In our home, that happens to be the case. My wife is the best cook uh, in our home, but I can hold my own. Peanut butter and jelly is really, really good. <laughs> this one a little closer to home. What about the disciplinarian? That's reserved for the husband, right? So how do we walk through these various roles in relationship? I think God wants us to realize that the picture that we see in the Bible is a picture of families and husbands and wives trying to figure this thing out to bring the greatest glory to God through the way that God has made them and created them. We each have personalities and strengths. We have weaknesses. And so we look to our spouses to say, help me follow God better. And that should be our role within our families as husband and wife. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 32 and 33. This is a great mystery, talking about husbands and wives. But it's an illustration of the way that Christ and the church are, are, are one. So again, I say, each man must love his wife as he loves himself, and the wife must respect her husband. Remember last week we talked about this idea when a husband loves his wife as Christ gave himself for the church. There's something powerful about that picture. And the, uh, the wife in that moment loves her husband, respects her husband as the church loves and respects Christ. So it's a mystery, and God is with us to help us in this mystery. Husbands, are you confused by your wives? Wives, I know you're confused by your husbands. <laughs> That's not even a question we need to ask, right? <laughs> it's an opportunity to love unconditionally and to sacrifice for husbands and wives. Well, so much could be, more could be said about this. we got to move on. Um, roles in the family of God. So now we're going to talk much more broadly about uh, these roles within the family of God. There's a great picture that we, I think, are familiar with in the Bible about what this family of God is. And what we have is this idea of the body of Christ. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, um, beginning at verse 12, we, we begin to see this picture that Paul is painting for us about what is this body of Christ? How do we interact with one another in the roles that we have? And here's what he says. The human body has many parts, but the many parts make up one whole body. So it is with the body of Christ. Some of us are Jews, some are Gentiles, some are slaves, some are free, but we have all been baptized into one body by one spirit, and we all share the same spirit. Yes, the body has many different parts, not just one part. If the foot says, I am not part of the body because I am not a hand, that does not make it any less a part of the body. 
And if the ear says, I am not a part of the body because I am not an eye, would that make it any less a part of the body? If the whole body were an eye, how would you hear? (laughs) Or if your whole body were an ear, how would you smell anything? But our bodies have many parts. And God has put each part just where he wants it. How strange a body would be if it had only one part. Yes, there are many parts, but only one body. The eye can never say to the hand, I don't need you. The head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. In fact, some parts of the body that seem weakest and least important are actually the most necessary. This makes for harmony among the members so that all the members care for each other. If one part suffers, all the parts suffer with it. And if one part is honored, all the parts are glad. We have a tendency to want to be whatever we think is the greater part of the body. I, I, I want to be more noticed as a part of the body. I feel like right now, Lord, I am the armpit of the body of Christ, right? And I'm tired of being that. And I actually th- thought it for a while about, let me go in and find out how valuable the armpit is and go down that whole road, because it is valuable. We all need them, okay? Uh, so there's something powerful about that picture. But there's two extremes here in the body of Christ, those that want to be seen and those that don't want to be seen. (laughs) Celebrate the role that God has entrusted to you. Celebrate that role. There are many roles, but I'm going to look at two of them very, very quickly, and then we've got something right at the very end. In fact, I'm going to invite the band to go ahead and come on up here as we uh, start start to get to our closing. So two things, two roles that I think is the family of God that we can, uh, uh, we can uh, kind of begin to celebrate. And that the first one is, and I've been harping on it kind of all year long, and this is the role of serving. Yep, I'm going to talk about serving a little bit more. So excited today. I met a couple, uh, couple of folks who were uh, stepping into the children's ministry for the very first time today based on them signing up a couple of weeks ago. Super excited about that. We've got a place for you. Make sure you serve, right? So Jesus is incredibly clear about this role in the body of Christ. And it seems to be one of the greatest confusion among his disciples because they're fighting continually over who wants to be the greatest. In fact, uh, James and John, the sons of Zebedee, the sons of thunder, the Bible calls them, worked up enough nerve to talk to their mom so that their mom talked to Jesus about the place that these two guys uh, would be in the kingdom of God. You know, she walks up, Jesus, I would like for my sons to sit on your right and your left when you come into your kingdom, right? And so these boys were like, where are we going to fit? Where's the greatest part that we can fit in? It's kind of like that idea of, uh, remember this on the, uh, uh, on the playground? Oh, yeah, well, my dad can beat up your dad. <laughs> I've got a picture for you. I don't know where it is in that list. There it is. His dad can beat up your dad, right? (laughs) right. So serving is a theme for us, but Jesus actually challenges the disciples to look at serving differently. Matthew 23, the greatest among you must be a servant, but those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. Luke 22, we read this last week. Jesus told them in this world, the kings and great men lorded over their people, yet they are called friends of the people, but among you it will be different. Those who are the greatest among you should take the lowest rank, and the leader should be like a servant. And he asks this rhetorical question, who is more important? The one who sits at the table, the one who serves? The one who sits at the table, of course, but not here, for I am among you as one who serves. This is a purposeful 
role that Jesus recognizes within the family of God is to be a servant. Serving in the body of Christ, mourning with those who mourn, rejoicing with those who rejoice, bearing burdens, bringing a meal to someone, um, giving in order to reach out to our community, putting children first, giving your wisdom to help our teens make wise decisions. Wherever it is, God is saying, serve within my family. This is a role that I want you to do. Now, another role that I see throughout, throughout the Word of God, but especially in this one, uh, one part, is this idea of sharing. Now, uh, sharing not just like, hey, I've got something I want to share with you, but sharing when it comes to our faith and our testimony. It's the sharing of our story. So a couple questions. Is it good to encounter Jesus? Yes. All right, okay, it's really good to do that. Is it good to stick around Jesus, kind of be around him all the time? There's this incredible story of deliverance found in Mark chapter 5. This guy was obviously in distress. The Bible says he was uh, the demoniac. He was filled with demons. There were major problems in his life. People tried to control him, tried to bind him, uh, tried to chain him down, and he would break those chains. He lived in the cemetery, not a great place to live. He was completely uncontrollable. And Jesus shows up. This man is completely transformed. From the, from the inside out, something has just totally been done different in his life because he encountered Jesus. This is our story, right? The transformation is obvious. Some of you, that's a completely obvious transformation that has happened in your life. Emotions turn toward health. The fractures of life beginning to mend. But listen to this part of the story. As Jesus was getting in the boat, he's getting ready to leave from this area, the man who had been demon-possessed begged to go with him. Wouldn't we all? <laughs> Jesus, I want to go with you. But Jesus said, no. I don't like it when Jesus says no to me. <laughs> I don't like that. He says, no, go home to your family and tell them everything the Lord has done for you and how merciful he has been. So the man started off to visit the ten towns of that region and began to proclaim the great things Jesus had done for him, and everyone was amazed at what he told them. There is a role that only you can play in the family of God, and that is telling your story. Nobody else has your story. And I know we want to, boy, I would love to have worship services all the time. I would love to have church, well, maybe not all the time, but I would love to be on the family of God being together, right? But God has said at some point, you've got to get out and tell your story. And that's a role that we should never diminish in the family of God. So God has called us to this role in the body of Christ, not to hold this story to ourselves. So when we begin to value these roles, and, and honestly, folks, there, there are so many roles within the kingdom of God that we can, uh, we can begin to partake in, something amazing happens when we start to value each other and the unique story that God has created in you. Something amazing starts to happen. The eye doesn't say to the hand, I don't need you. And the foot doesn't say to the head, too bad you're not like me begin to realize that there's a value that each one plays within the family of God. So what's your part? When the church is operating correctly, the things that can be accomplished are incredible. Just a couple of pictures here real quick. Um, this last uh, summer, I think it was in August, we had the project back to school, had opportunity. That picture right there is a people cutting hair. Cosmetologists being used by God to be a blessing to our community by cutting the hair of children. 
Who says God can't use anything, right? And so people, and people talk about that in a community that, that that was important for them to experience. And here we are using the gifts that God has given us. Next picture. So our outreach in, uh, that was October, right? The fall festival. And so we've got this and people using skill sets that we didn't even know that they had to say, God, use me somehow in your kingdom and expand the kingdom of God. This is what it looks like when the people realize there are valuable roles that each of us can play within the kingdom. Look at the incredible things that happen. And I would say we can extend this to your specific family. Start serving them. Start sharing your story with them and so many other things. This is Pastor Eric. Thanks so much for checking out our Life Church podcast. We pray that it's a blessing to you. For more information about Life Church, check us out at lifechurchutah.com.